0: For me, I think I've been in a unique situation where I've grown up getting to see a lot of guys go through contracts and, and doing a lot of different things and having an understanding of how it all works. Uh, for me, obviously, you want to I want to be a chief for a long time. I, I want to have a contract that, that, that says that and that I can go out there and, and know that I have that security and everything like that. But I understand and trust the chief's organization and everybody in it that they're going to handle it the right way. I trust my representation that they're going to let me have ease my mind and let me go out there and, and just lo- love the game that I've loved playing. And so for me, whenever that happens, uh, it, it happens. But uh, I'm going to focus on being the best football player I can be every single day.
1: That was pre-10-year, $500 million contract for Patrick Mahomes. Right now, he's too giddy to talk. <laughs> on his way To the bank, Brett Martin, Austin Lane, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Jared Rice is going to join us in just a moment. But before the break, you said you guys had had planned what you would do with a second contract. Yeah. Well, your first buy. Yeah. Uh, You know, it's interesting. You see players all the time, right? Buy mom a house, buy a car. (laughs) James Conner, I think, just bought his dad a truck and his mom a home, I think it was, I saw on social media. Yeah. You know, we'd all like to be able to do those things uh, if you can. Athletes. Uh, usually, more in a position to be able to do it based on the amount of dollars and sometimes the guarantees and the bonuses, uh, depending who you are. I don't. I think a lot of guys end up buying cars. Yeah. I mean, that's what they do. They buy cars. I, I don't know how many in the, of an athlete would just go flat out say, "Hey, I'm going to go buy a four hundred thousand dollar house in Queens Harbor and I'm going to pay for it." Yeah. Like I don't know if athletes do that mm-hmm. or if they rent or if they just pay a mortgage like the rest of us. I mean. If I had that kind of money, I'd probably just buy it outright. Yep. Uh, I might not live in a $400,000 house either. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. What did you come up with if uh, you got your second contract? Yeah,
2: so keep in mind, this took place in the training room because I was getting my ankles taped all the time, right? And we always had this conversation. So you could have been on
1: medication is what you're getting I could have
2: been on medication a little bit, <laughs> but keep, keep in mind, though, like um I saw these guys every single day and like Brent used to know like when I go out to the practice it's still like Rod's still out there man we still joke around but like we we had a vision because they were some of my closest friends on the team at that time we had a vision where if I signed my second contract what we're gonna do and all I remember is first we were gonna start up by uh, We're going to get a stretch limo, right? Pretty standard. We're going to get a stretch limo probably on a Saturday, maybe a Friday, probably a Saturday, and we're just going to have a full day of fun. The first thing that we talked about is we're going to Adventure Landing, rent the go-kart track out for three hours, and just have us race go-karts the entire time nobody else could go. That was our first thing. Second thing was we are going to go to Taco Bell, and we are going to buy 100 um, Doritos Locos Tacos to go and then have them in the limo with us. Nacho
1: cheese or Cool Ranch? Cool
2: Ranch. Obviously Cool Ranch. And that way, if somebody on the side of the street was hungry... We could throw one out the window, or if people want to get on board, have some lunch with us, there you go. Next thing. Now it's starting to get a little later at night, right? We had three hours of go-karting. Brent, we're a little exhausted. We were going to go to every single beach bar, and I was going to buy a 100 bottles. It was supposed to be Miller High Life, and they didn't have Miller High Life than Corona. But every single beach bar, we we'll go to the beach bar, 100 bottles on the table, please, boom. Next beach bar, 100 bottles on the table, please, boom. I was like Robin Hood, basically, <laughs> right? I, I, I was trying to be the Robin Hood of Jack's Beach. Now... Gotta be careful with this next one because it's a family show. I understand that. But we're gonna go to a gentleman's club, let's just say. And, well, I'm sorry. First, we're gonna go to Target and we're gonna buy board games. There's a little difference there. Sorry. We're gonna go to Target. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Sorry, Sorry, it might be this name. First, we're gonna go to Target and we're gonna buy like Monopoly and we're gonna buy Risk and a bunch of board games. Then, we take those board games, we go to a gentleman's club and we buy the time of all the. Performers and we sit down and we play board games with them. That's all it was—just play board games. Because you know what? One day I get to say, you know what? I played Risk with so and so. I played <laughs> I played Monopoly with so and so. And then finally, what we were gonna do is we we're gonna get a suite at a hotel and have it set up where we pay the guy at the door a little extra money and we can go on top of the roof and finish our, knife take, finish our night taking shots of, Jagerbomb a ah, la The Hangover one. I liked did in The Hangover.
1: That is not what I expected. When you got your next, uh, it's not expected. It kind of is, though, fits.
2: For sure. But, yeah, that was the plan. We always talked about it. I'm surprised you needed a second contract for that. (laughs) Well, you know, man, I'll have to keep my money pretty close to the chest. Did you
0: calculate how much you thought that night was going to run you?
1: We didn't calculate it. Um, No, we didn't calculate it. Let's just say that. (laughs) I don't know if Jared Rice is still on the line after that. But if he is, oh my bad, Jared. (laughs) We welcome into the show, executive director of the Players Championship.
3: See your journalistic talent on this transition from that discussion to uh, talking players and golf. But no, you go right ahead. I'm I'm right here.
1: Absolutely. I mean, well, now we just got to get our golf game in order, win one time on the PGA Tour, or win the Players Championship, and we could have a day like that.
3: There you go. Absolutely. Well, we're um, yeah, we're we're, uh, well. First of all, appreciate you all having me on. I know it's been a a while since. we we're able to get together on the back patio of uh, TPC Sawgrass the clubhouse there in preparation for for this year's event so it's it's uh, it's been some time since then and just uh you know again appreciate you having me on and for all the work you've done uh through this period of time entertaining and and keeping us informed so uh Really looking forward to catching up for a bit today.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. Hope you and your family are doing well. Uh What's this time been like? Uh, I always refer, and in, in forever in, in at least my world, I will always refer to the Players' Championship as kind of like, where were you when, right? I mean, that's kind of where we all were in this area, this part of uh, the state, is at the Players' Championship when things kind of stopped and, and shut down. And and the world became how we, we know it the last uh, few months. How have you guys been over the last few months? What have you been up to?
3: Well, you know, I think that's one. Of the, it's a great point. It's one of those things where, um, you know, we're we're so focused on, um, you know, the the position that we're in as a sport. Be very lucky to be to be coming back and we're competing. We're on television. We're doing some some great work for for charities in these communities, and we're very fortunate in that in that respect. And uh, you know, to think back that, you know, where where this the sports world really came to a to a to a stop was. Was here and, you know, it, it's not, uh, you know, certainly a badge that we're, you know, flying with, with, um, with pride, but, um, it was a really, you know, it was a challenging week for us and, um, you know, I, I just think, you know, again, this is one of those instances where, you know, everyone from our partners to our players to our, uh, you know, our media partners like yourselves handled everything so well and, um, was so informative and communicative and, um, you know, ultimately while the, health and safety of everyone involved is is the ultimate priority and we had to make the decision that we did um it was uh you know not an easy one and you know we're certainly looking forward to to next year and you know plans are already underway for that and uh we we kind of have to look
1: forward jared rice with us executive director of the players championship here in action sports shacks on espn 690 players 2021 is what we have to look forward to now let me ask you this uh because i think it was pretty it was dismissed right away when asked Could the players be made up? Uh, Could you have it later in the year? Why was there really not a lot of consideration to that? Was it more the venue? Was it more the calendar? Um, Did it ever pop back up that, hey, maybe we could do this later in the year? Uh, Any insight on that? Yeah, I think
3: that just, you know, as you look at what we're all facing and how every day it's, it's a little bit different and, um, you know, a fluid situation is something that, I mean, how many times have we talked, have used that terminology in the last ten weeks, um, that while, you know, this is the flagship event of the tour and the league is based here in Pontevedra, um, you know, we have a, again, a responsibility to not only our players, but, um, the entire sport of golf. So certainly, for a period of time that there was you know any number of considerations that were being thought about, but it became very clear just you know in in that window of time that um, as we looked at the over, the course of the overall season that um, it was in the best interest to to you know again formally cancel the event and and look forward to twenty twenty one so it's not an easy thing um, you know the scheduling and what goes behind it. Uh, it's absolutely remarkable, and the teamwork that's required to successfully stage these events, let alone schedule them, is is absolutely incredible. So we're we're fortunate to be able to get back, and you know we certainly would have. I'd love to have be been able to get the, 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 tournament in and completion, but, um, yeah, unfortunately, we gotta, we gotta look forward to next March.
1: Well, I will say this, uh, everything that's been done by the PGA Tour, by, I think, the Players Championship during that week and, and most everything by Commissioner Jay Monahan as well, I think has been received pretty, pretty well uh, across the board. I mean, obviously, uh, everything is criticized, um, especially in times like this, but, I think the PGA tour, the players, Jay Monahan have done a, a terrific job getting back to golf now and now looking ahead. Uh, there, there are advantages to everything, man. I'm, I'm, I'm a sunshine and rainbows guy. You know, March 2021, will this break? Will, will the not having the tournament? Are there some advantages to doing some things maybe, uh, in this interim, uh, that, that maybe you wouldn't have had? Is there anything like that?
3: Well, I think just to go back to your point, a couple of things. One, um, to your point about how things have been handled, I think as you look at our players and, you know, first of all, Webb, uh, the past champion, is, is playing so well. And, um, you know, some of the things that um, he and other players, like local players like Jim Furyk and Billy Horschel are, are doing for for charity and for this cause are just really endemic and emblematic of, of you know, our sport, and we're very lucky to have it here in, in our hometown. Um, you know, thinking back to the, uh, you know, the events of, um, uh, you know, the, the match that was, that was obviously down in, in South Florida, and that seems like, again, so, so long ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, you know, again, some immediate steps that our, our players took to really try to bring back some normalcy and, um, again, be able to impact charities, which is at the core of who we are and a, and a, in a really cool thing to think about through this, this transition. So, um, to your latter point just how the sport right now is we've got a great opportunity um you think about some of the from the coverage perspective we're seeing some some great ratings and um you know we have we have center stage and a, and a great opportunity to you know show people how great athletes these 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 players are and how they can do some amazing things with a golf ball and from a fan engagement perspective um our partners at at DraftKings have seen some unbelievable uptick so um it's it's again there's there's like you said, there's there's positives to this is that um, we have center stage and the ability to really grow the sport.
2: And, Jared, when we talk about positives, obviously right now the landscape of all professional sports, it, it is different, you know, and, and sports have to adapt and everything like that. But from, you know, from, from the golf perspective, from the PGA perspective, obviously with the Players' Championship, we didn't get a chance to see it come to fruition. But, like, are you going to take some things that you guys have kind of learned from this whole pandemic thing now with the PGA Tour and maybe apply them going forward to places Mike the players? No, no question.
3: Um, and, again, you think about some of the, the – you know, whether it's technology or logistics and operations. Um, you've seen even some of the telecast, the, the utilization of, of drones, so for improved footage. Um, we've miked up some players. Um, Ricky Fowler, a you know, past champion, was the first person to do that. Um, how we integrate with technology has always been something very important to the Players Championship, but now we've really doubled down on that as a necessity for our entire sport. Um, I mentioned sports betting and, and how um, fantasy and sports betting is, um, you know, an opportunity for us to engage a, a new set of fans and how that uh, integrates with the game going forward. So it certainly is. And then from a, a fan perspective, we have always prided ourselves on being. You know the best fan experience in sports. So, from a health and safety perspective, as we look to 2021, we know there'll be steps that we need to take that are different relative to everything from sanitization to um, overall health and safety and. Um, you know, we're, we're well into thinking about that as well as getting the, the course ready for next year.
1: Jared Rice with us, executive director of the Players Championship here in Action Sports acts on ESPN 690 along Brent Martino and Austin Lane. Uh, two quick ones for you. Uh, where does, uh, Stadium Course just reopening, uh, next week, I think, uh, did a little drainage project around 17. Was that a big thing or just a, a little cosmetic thing?
3: I'd say probably more uh, cosmetic, and what's what's interesting about this time of year for for sports fans and and your your listeners is that you know the, this is the period of time where we do a, a lot of maintenance and preparation in order for the course to be looking the way that it does in March. And um, you know again, it's it's getting into the weeds literally and figuratively, but you know having um, a a firm foundation allows the overseed that happens in october to to look great so if you if you work backwards, this period of time that we've been we've been closed for maintenance is really critical to looking great in march and so sure, one of those things is um, cosmetic to seventeen, but there are you know, other nips and tucks that we're making to not only make sure that the the course looks fantastic for for fans. Uh, on television, but also plays at the at the highest level that's expected. So um, we're we're um, soft soft opening next week, and then uh, be open for um, you know for for broader play at the at the end of the month.
1: Yeah, well, uh, testing the drainage is not a problem these days with some of the rain we've had. So that's uh, <laughs> exactly that's good for exactly. You guys. Uh, and last one, you guys do so much. You mentioned this already about the PGA Tour, but you guys, the Players Championship here in Northeast Florida, how much you impact local charities? How much you guys give back? It's such mm-hmm. a amazing. Cog to what has become this international event and and the PGA Tours big event. But obviously so much of the dollars were missed and we talked about players and what uh, uh, Feeding Northeast Florida and Billy Horschel did and, and others have done even in the area. How... Are you guys dealing with that part of it? Uh, what are you guys going to be able to do? Will you Maybe it's more time than money this year on the second half uh, when it comes to the Players' Championship. How, how are you guys treating that? The, because I know it's such a big part of what you do.
3: It is a big part. It's a challenge. And, you know, we think for all of us that, you know, things are, you know, around the world here locally will never be the same as they were in the past. But um, one thing that won't change from a player's perspective is our core mission to yeah, deliver, uh, economic and charitable impact to this community. We're not going anywhere and that is central to how we operate and how we ask the community to engage. And so it is a, it is really important to us, I think, is again, as you think about, uh, and read uh, how the community is engaging. Um, whether it was Billy Horschel and, and his family uh, benefiting Feeding Northeast Florida with the proceeds from, um, you know, his, his playing here, uh, the Players' Championship, whether it was the, you know, $700,000 uh, um, $700, worth of food that we donated immediately post the tournament, um, you know, those are some of the steps. And, and obviously, I mentioned Jim Furyk and, and Tabitha and, and their family foundation and all that they do here. Um, you know, our, our, our players here locally do an amazing job, and, um you know, we're going to continue to look for ways that we can be, you know, held accountable to, to benefit the, the local community. So, um, you know, not having a, a tournament will have, have an impact on, on dollars. And, um, you know, that's those, those are tied. But, um, again, we are, we are working hard to get back to, uh, those levels. And, and, and one thing that is really clear to us coming out of this year is, um really how great our local sponsors have been at getting, getting reengaged and ready to go for next year. So, um we feel really confident we're gonna be able to do great things and, uh, going forward.
1: Uh no doubt you guys will do that. Uh, let us know if we can, uh, be a facilit- facilitator of that in any way, shape, or form. Jared Rice, Executive Director of the Players Championship. I do doing well, man. Enjoy the rest of the summer.
3: Absolutely. Appreciate everything you're doing and uh, talk to you
1: soon. Thanks, guys. You bet. Uh, That's Jared Rice from the Players' Championship. It's hard to believe it's been uh, that long since uh, the pandemic really started. You know, again, the clock started there for us, I think. Right. I mean, that's that's where my mind will always go to. I know it's different for people right around the sports. People say, well, the night the NBA stopped Yeah. and it wasn't really like that for us. To me, it was uh, those 24 to 36 hours. Uh, with uh, the Players Championship, that wasn't going to be played. When's Mm -hmm. it going? How's this going to work? No fans, fans, and then bam, done, and everything seemed to shut down. And also,
2: don't forget, too, Brent, WrestleMania
1: canceled during that (laughs) trip, too, remember? (laughs) No, I don't. I'll
2: never forget, we're on the course. (laughs) Brent, right, this so some of our highest viewership ever, remember? We're bringing people. To, how, how can you forget about that? That actually is right. I have a snapshot of that. That was yeah. some of our highest viewership yeah. ever. you yeah, right, because <laughs> WrestleMania got shut down. <laughs> it, it, you know what? It was a bad day for everybody. It was a bad day. we yeah. were in
1: between. Now you're reminding me. We're in between 12 and 13. Exactly. I'm dreaming of birdies and eagles. <laughs> exactly. And you're dreaming of body slams. Exactly, man. <laughs> I still can't get over your day if you sign that second contract. By the way, why don't we just plan on doing that kind of day if we sign a second contract here? That's a good call. Why not, man? I we mean, probably could trade it out or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not sure if my wife would be be
2: like super pumped on that now, we we might have now to, that it's out there in the airwaves. a little bit. Yeah. Just the last yeah. part of that. Going to Target Gentlemen's Clubs? i ah, going out to Ruth Chris for a nice family dinner. <laughs> you
1: know, you got to change some things around a little bit. Yep. Yeah, times have changed. Times have changed in many different bit. ways. <laughs> uh, have times changed to the point where we are willing to say we don't need a preseason in the NFL. Mm-hmm. J.C. Treader, the uh, NFL Players Association president, has, uh, uh, you know, he wrote in a blog and he basically said, listen, we decided amongst our task force that we need 48 days to get ready. So do the math on that, folks. That's about seven weeks. Correct. Which is really interesting because if you asked any college coach, remember when they were asking, OK, how much time you need ready? But, you know, back of like two months ago, people would be like, well, we really could use eight weeks to get ready. Mm-hmm. We, we might be able to do it in six weeks, but we really need eight weeks. Well, these guys and their task force kind of fall right in line, right in the middle. Just about seven weeks, 48 days, to get ready, to feel comfortable, to be like, hey, I'm back in game shape. And this is something that I'm on the with the players. Listen, I want football. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I care that much about preseason football. And quite frankly, from a business standpoint, we kind of do over at CBS 47 and Fox 30. We would like to have preseason football. It helps us out, too, for our jobs. Absolutely. But I'm going to go with the players on just, you know, present both sides. And I hear where the players are coming from on this. Uh, first of all, it looks like we're going to have two preseason games and we're not having four. Correct. But we're going to have two, but none just to create that 48 day window and get ready for the regular season. I, I, I'm kind of on the player side on this. I I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, it brings up 2011. That was a time from you were playing Mm -hmm. and we've talked about this in the past where when you came back from that, not just you, but players were more, um, the injury rate was up. Mm-hmm. they are more prone to injury. I think he brings it up. Like I said, hamstring injuries were up like 44%. Achilles injuries were up a certain percentage, and overall injuries were up a certain percentage. Yeah. So guys were getting hurt. Because when you train at home versus when you train at the facility and with your teammates and everything else, it's different. And yeah. I think the layman's terms of that is as easy as this. When you were training at home, and not going to your gym because it was closed during the pandemic, but you were still getting your work done, right? We were going on walks at home, we were doing virtual workouts in our living room. We had we had like boxes of water that we were lifting <laughs> instead of, of weights. We we're doing all this stuff, right? And you're yeah. like, "Hey, I'm getting it done. I feel like I'm I'm doing a, I'm trying my best to get it done." Mm-hmm. But then you went back to the gym that first time, and oh my gosh, it was like you hadn't done anything for like six months. Yep, because it's different. And so I get what the players are saying here, and I don't think they're wrong. I think you are going to see injuries up. I think you are going to see guys that aren't in great shape or the shape they need to be in to be playing that game, that violent game of football. I think Treader and the players have a point.
2: No, it's an absolutely great point. And you kind of touched on it a little bit in terms of training. Listen, You can go on Instagram right now. You can go on Twitter, and you can see these guys doing their workouts, and they're all in shape. Shirts are off. Chazam looks like he's a Ninja Turtle with his shirt off. I don't know how he's got that Mike Allstott (laughs) neck roll just in his traps, but I have to get that, dude. That's that's (laughs) legit. He looks – yeah, he looks menacing. I like it. But – you know, so they're obviously getting in and that's great, man. Okay? That's what you want to do. You you obviously have to build your body up for the demands and the gruels of the regular season. Cool, sounds great. But there's a difference between going in the weight room, bench pressing, squatting, going on the field even doing like your drill work. There's a difference between that and being in the dog days of summer. Wearing full pads, you're tired, you're fatigued, and all of a sudden you gotta go out there, you know, on a 10-play drive and you, you better not get hurt. You know, like that's when a lot of the injuries happen. It's not necessarily right away, it's when you're fatigued, when, you, when your mind's kind of a little cloudy and you're dealing with 90-degree temperatures here in Jacksonville. That's when the risk of injuries can happen. And guess what? It's hard to mimic that in the weight room. It's even hard to mimic that when you're on the field doing your position work just because you're not going to be wearing pads. I mean, maybe you're wearing a helmet, but you're not going to be wearing full pads. You're not going to be going through three hours of meetings before that, and you're going to be just drained. You don't do that. So it's hard to get the true, quote-unquote, football shape just by doing that. So I I, I do agree here with the decision. Possibly we'll see with the preseason games. But keep in mind, and we kind of talked about it for the opening segment. You have a bunch of first-year guys right now that have no idea what that heat is going to be like. I was the same way. When I got drafted back in 2010 and I was getting ready for the spring workouts, I was running hills every single day. I was doing sprints every single day. I came into camp in great shape, but I couldn't mimic The heat of Jacksonville in, you know, central Wisconsin just couldn't do it. It's that different. okay? and when you have a bunch of rookies right now that are really that aren't really acclimated to this kind of weather, it's going to be a rude awakening. So keep in mind, if you're Doug Marone right now, it's all about trying to find that balance. Like, yes, you have to get started. Yes, you have to implement this new offense, possibly this new defense, all this stuff. You have to set a culture and, you know, kind of rule with an iron fist a little bit. But you also have to make sure that, listen, a lot of these guys right now are not acclimated. Sure, they've worked out in the off season, but they're not ready for this. So you have to kind of bring them along
1: slowly. And I wouldn't even say acclimated to the Heat. I would say acclimated to the NFL. Yeah, That means their first real acclimation to the NFL might be a real game. Yeah. Like it could be a real game. But that's the reality of it. That's tough. I get it. That's really tough for Jacksonville, maybe. And we'll talk about that in a minute. But that could be the flip side. Mm-hmm. That could be very detrimental to the Jags because they have so many young guys. And you're right about the acclimation to the heat, the camps to the different. All those Meetings, things are right. everything. But I do think some a lot of these guys haven't even been in the building in Jacksonville yet. Mm-hmm. Right? A lot of them have not. They don't even know where their position rooms are yet. <laughs> they don't. Oh, and by the way, we have practice day one. Have fun. Yeah. Or. We have practices, but we're not going to have games. Now, in that sense, they are used to that a little bit from the college days. You don't sure. have exhibition in college days. But Let's bring Steven okay. in uh, real quick. We've got to get him in before we go to break. Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. He's been hanging around. Stephen, what's up, man? What you want to talk about in the preseason?
3: Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I agree uh, in a way. Uh, I think we should have two preseason, uh, three and four, get rid of one and two, extra two-week practice there, but... These undrafted free agents need a chance to get a roster spot I know J.R. Reed and Luke Barku are gonna be gonna have roster spots I already know that but they need those extra two games to at least prove themselves to get a roster spot I believe that and uh, hopefully they take the fullback Connor Slumka they have because I'm sure Austin can testify to this the best running Jaguars have ever done is when they have a fullback well wow, this the guy be- is jet ja- This will be the hardest
1: year to make a roster for an undrafted free agent. Yeah, Because you won't, if you don't have preseason games, but even if you only have two, you have limited opportunities. So you're going to go with what you know Mm -hmm. as a coach. So that puts those guys behind the eight eight ball uh, a little bit. Uh, Steven, uh, is that all you got? Uh, I have a challenge for Austin. Okay. And I'm doing this for the 690 Syndicate. Next year for
3: Shock Your Mock, I'm making sure you can't say... My mock draft sucks.
2: I've already started my research. (laughs) He's already doing his due diligence right now. I love it, man. I already got my first two picks. I love the dedication. Okay. I like the dedication,
1: man. That's good. You got plenty of homework. You cannot be denied the amount of homework you've done for Shock Your Mock 2021. (laughs) Appreciate it, Stephen. Thanks for hanging with us uh, here on Action Sports Jax on ESPN six ninety. Well, and a little, uh, a little maybe breaking
2: news here. We'll see how the whole world of the NFL pans out. But I had an idea to do maybe like a dissect my draft where we do like your fantasy football draft and I tear it apart as well. So maybe down the line, people start you know drafting their fantasy teams. I can. I can get a I, I, I don't like just I don't like dissect your draft. It'll be like demolish my draft or dominate my draft, something like that. But maybe I can your draft, this money, Brent. See, and, and and that's why we're partners, right? That's why we're making the big bucks. Well, you are. It is what it is. But yes, dis
1: my draft. I think we got something there. But. This year' draft could also be like in Bryson DeChambeau territory of cool or not cool anymore. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's kind of warm. It's welcome, you
2: know. I just feel like with with the mock drafts out there for fantasy football, we can, we can talk about something, man.
1: All right. Uh, how much could the? I want to talk a little bit more about this preseason. How different will it be? And especially here in Jacksonville, how much could it impact them? Plus, uh, a trash can story, and is it a trash can faux pas? I've got two trash can things. How did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> I've been talking to Jalen Ramsey or something. I guess I don't know. Oh wow! Oh, he's the one said so and so's trash, isn't he? Oh, is that what he said? Yeah, oh, Josh I, Allen. Oh, I thought he just called Jalen Ramsey
2: trash. Nah, just I did. Okay. okay, I got mean, you. Okay, I'm trash. Okay, okay, okay. Hey, I mean, I'm just trying to hype it up a little bit. Get you guys, you know, Sean Payton, Jalen Ramsey,
1: <laughs> whoever. Man, we're calling people out. I'm probably already blocked. I haven't even checked. When we come back ESPN six ninety. Talk a little bit more about preseason as well. Uh, plus Deshaun Jackson uh, in, in some hot water with some of his comments. Uh, athletes have to be careful. Deshaun Jackson finding that out today. We'll be back ESPN six ninety.
0: It's a exciting time. I'm just glad that I get to continue building this this legacy in Kansas City. Uh, obviously, with everything going on in the world with 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 COVID and and all this different stuff, to have this this stuff, this this security to go into the community and be able to give back. I, I can't wait to not only build this legacy on the field but off of it, and uh, I'm excited for the future ahead for not only me, but the Kansas City Chiefs and the, and the communities that have brought me up
1: so far. Because Zep knew Patrick Mahomes? So he's talked already, obviously? Yes, yeah, so that it was from today. There we go. The last one we paid, I played, I thought, was pre-contract. I believe it was, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're confusing me with all this Patrick Holmes. Where's
2: it bouncing around, man? Here's the thing. So, obviously, I've told this story before. When Andy Reid breaks down a team meeting the night before a game, he says, let's go have a cheeseburger, my treat. Do you think he's going to go say, let's go have a cheeseburger, Pat's treat now? <laughs> you think he's going to do that? Because Lord knows I would. It's a lot of money for a lot of cheeseburgers. so I'm going to say. And I love how he calls him Pat, too. Like I was watching I <laughs> an interview yesterday with Andy Reid, kind of talk about the situation. Pat.
1: Love it. You know, that'd be actually that's a great call right there. Like Patrick Mahomes, what what happens when you make that kind of money, right? And mm-hmm. I've heard this before in stories about like Tom Brady. I, I've shared this before, where it's like Tom Brady has a hard, he wants to come down to the level of his teammate, yet he's put on a pedestal that makes it very difficult. Sure. Like, people walk in that locker am like, oh my gosh, that's Tom Brady. Yeah, I want to catch a pass from Tom Brady. Yeah. What do the players say against him? I want to sack Tom Brady. Yeah. I want to tell my grandkids I sack. You know, so you can see how it's born. Felt the same way when Josh Kirby <laughs> bought his Aston Martin. <laughs> Felt the exact same way. Uh, but the... The thing about Mahomes now is it puts him on a level. He's already kind of like that. He's got that aura a little bit, right? He's MVP. He's Super Bowl champ, young kid, no look passes. He's the coolest thing going yep. face of the NFL. Now he's 10 years, $500 million Patrick Mahomes. I think the great thing for Mahomes would be to do. If I was Mahomes, I was advising Mahomes, I would that first day at camp. Yeah. I would order cheeseburgers from everywhere for that first <laughs> team meeting. <laughs> Just the simplicity of a cheeseburger. You're not lying, man. You know? You're and not and lying. play off the if it's Andy maybe it's ice cream now, whatever it sure. is, but whatever the Andy Reid oh, thing dude, is, which yeah. Would be a great idea, right? Yeah. Bring him down yeah. th- th- that level.
2: It's genius. I mean, honestly, a simple I mean cheeseburger's great. I'm thinking, like, popsicle, snow cones, like something. Because, I mean, dude, nothing beats a nice popsicle or a snow cone after a hard practice. But you're absolutely right, man. Like, listen, he doesn't have to go buy, like, all the offensive linemen Rolex watches. He doesn't have to go buy everybody, like, all these luxurious things in that locker room, man. Because, to be fair, like, yeah, they're nice gestures, but his teammates don't care. Like I think the biggest thing that Patrick Mahomes can do, and I'm agreeing with you here, is that he can bring himself back down and, hey, I'm still the same guy. Yeah, sure, I have a couple more zeros in my bank account now, but I'm still the same Patrick Mahomes. Let's go get an ice cream cone or a snow cone or something like
1: that. If you were a financial advisor, mm-hmm. would you be kind of nervous being Patrick Mahomes' financial advisor? I mean, obviously, you just hit the lottery, too, Correct. to some degree. Mm-hmm. But it's like... Like what do you tell him to do with five? You know, and by the way, it's 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 not like he just got handed five hundred million. Yeah, yeah. He's Going to get handed probably Over what time. like sixty three million and then whatever else. But how how do you manage that? I mean, that's what you went to school for. That's what you get paid for. That's what you yeah. do. But you also don't want to screw that up. No, for sure. And I guess the good fair thing fair is, is if you screw up hundred million dollars, yeah. you still got four hundred million.
2: Really, 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 really hard to screw it up. Like, if you screw that up, you're
1: going to jail forever because, like, you know, obviously, <laughs> yeah. you just, you're just you not good at your job. I wonder what they tell people to do with that. Like, I've always thought about this with ShotKon. Yeah, yeah. Like, who manages Shad Khan's money? Sure. And says, like, how do you talk in a lingo that has that many zeros I, and, and <sighs> say, this is the smart thing to do with, well, this $1 billion? <laughs> like, what do you, how do you do that?
2: I think the conversations go like this. Hey, you know what? congratulations, you made a lot of money, and I'm proud of you. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take you know, this chunk of money here, and let's go ahead and just put it away. Let's not worry about it. Let's plan for the future. Let's make sure your family is set. Let's make sure your grandkids are set. And let's invest that money, and let's watch it grow. This is the conversation I've had before, in case you can't tell, with my financial advisor. <laughs> yes. Let's but, not but, go but, rent a limo. Yeah, let's not go rent a limo. But you know what? Hey, but you know what? Hey, but you know what, hey, you know what Patrick? Here, here's how it goes Brent. But you know what? You worked hard for that money. You've 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 gone against all odds, made it to the NFL, and now you've got your contract. You're the one of the best NFL players in the world right now, and you've earned that money. So let's go ahead and take another chunk of that money, and let's put it aside for right now. And you go treat yourself, and you go enjoy it, because you know what? Hey, you know what? You hired me, but you know what? You earned it. <laughs> you earned it. Go treat yourself, because you know why. You earned it. That's what that's, they say to you. That's how those conversations go. Man, they really? Oh, you better believe it. You earned it. Like Come So on. what do you do?
1: Like, what do you take out of us all that those millions to go have fun? I with? don't know, man. Go, go earn. I mean, you earned it. Go do whatever you want to do. It's amazing. Like, I think that's hard to spend that. I know everybody would be laughing at me right now. Be like, oh well, I will try to spend it. I get it. <laughs> I think it's hard to spend that money. Yeah. I don't know what you do with that kind of. And by the way, like my father-in-law always said this. He's like, if I had if I was advising like Patrick Mahomes, this yeah. is what he would say. He said, I would take, let's just say, ten million dollars a year mm-hmm. and go put it in and he's from Ohio, so he's like, I'll put it in the Ohio State bonds. Okay. Yeah. Which grow at like five percent. There you go. Well, you do the math. Yeah. Like, it's guaranteed to grow at 5%. Yep. There's your $10 million a year. Yep. So you can go mess up anything else, <laughs> but you're not going to mess up that. Absolutely. Right? And Absolutely. think about how much money that would e- equate to. Yeah. Yep. I mean, it's just unbelievable. I mean, yep. the, the amount of money that is. That is a lot of money mm-hmm. um, if you do it the right way. And and by the way, in, with any investment, I think you're to get a little bit lucky here or there. He'll try some things and maybe fail at it or, or sure. whatever. But I also think you got to be really careful of this if you, Patrick Mahomes, get spread out too much. Right. Of course. To say, hey, I want to take this money. This is what the danger of the new athlete is, or the modern day athlete is. It's cool because they're well-rounded. They want to produce movies. They want to do things like invest in other things. They want to uh, spark change, promote change, make their own, like, whether it's YouTube channels or whatever it is. Sure. But you don't want to be distracted from your primary thing that got you there. And that is playing football Uh, or playing basketball or whatever else.
2: And see, uh, and this is kind of the, the thoughts that I have going back and forward right now. Because with Patrick Mahomes, he's still young. He's extremely young, just 24. won his first Super Bowl, 24 years old. Just comes off his first Super Bowl win. He's won the MEP already as well. And you get the sense that this guy right now, Brent, he's all about football. He's all about winning and trying to put himself in the legacy of one of the best quarterbacks of all time and how you do that. You win Super Bowl. So he seems completely focused right now. On Super Bowls. I don't see Patrick Mahomes first day of training camp pulling up in a Bugatti, you know, and just decked out in like, you know, some new like Louis Vuitton, uh, garb. I, I don't see that. I see him coming, you know, just like the way he always does, you know, probably rocking a Chiefs cut off shirt of some sweatpants and saying, let's get back to work. When I think about Tom Brady, and this is why I want to bring this up because you obviously, you were, you know, you, you were close, but you followed the, the Patriots, obviously, so you kind of know what you're talking about here, but like, when did – and I don't even know if Tom Brady really changed that much, but, like, obviously when Tom Brady came in, he was the chip on a shoulder guy, right? It was about proving all the doubters wrong. You guys took me late in the draft. I'm going to show you why that was a mistake. And now it's my job in the New England Patriots to be the starting quarterback, and I'm going to go out there and ball out every single Sunday. Well, and then eventually it gets to the point where it's like, all right, well, now I'm married to a supermodel. I have to do these other things, and now I have, like, my, my book, and I have, you know, my diet and all that stuff. So, like, I guess what – year like when does that transition happen right because like eventually Patrick Mahomes is gonna get to the point where it's like all right it's time to branch out and do more things yeah but when does
1: it happen yeah I don't know when you're ready for it I guess and and you're gonna get asked for it for forever Mm -hmm. but when you're ready for it I don't know if that was after Super Bowl three for Tom Brady uh Super Bowl five for Tom Brady but I do think at some point like you go from kind of like this almost naive nature of it you know like uh, my guess is Patrick Mahomes. He seems pretty level-headed. For sure. And I know this sounds a little crazy because we all uh, – we try to paint everybody in, in, with the same brush. But my guess is Patrick Mahomes pretty – in an in innocent, naive kind of way. He's like, man, I'm playing football and I'm getting paid for it. And I love the game. Yeah. And I don't care how many dollars are in my bank account. His mm-hmm. agent and everybody else does. But yeah, whatever. I'm getting paid. I got plenty of money. It's fine. Yeah. But at some point, you do flip the switch is my guess to say I this is my business. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm playing football for fun, but this is my business. And then over here is this is my legacy on the field mm-hmm. and this is my legacy off the field. And how much can I do with this? What more can I do? And I just think those are the things you have to compartmentalize. I think this would be very difficult. I think you have to compartmentalize. And say, okay, but I need 90% of my focus over here still in yeah. this bucket. Like, I think that's the thing with LeBron Ooh. James. I, this is the one thing I criticize LeBron James. I love LeBron James, I, but I criticize him about the fact of I gotta go move to LA to create movies. No, you don't. Mm-hmm. You can do that from anywhere. You own jets. You can get on jets. You can do, you don't have to live in LA and play for the Lakers to expand your movie career, in my opinion. And also, by the way, your movie career can wait like three more years if it needed to. It doesn't have to happen now. See, I criticize him a little bit for that move if that's why he chose to go to LA because I just don't think you need to do that right now. But I believe in his mind, some of that basketball bucket or, you know, helping the hometown bucket that he's already filled up. Mm-hmm has now spilled over to say, okay, but let's try to put some in this bucket. Let's diversify you know, in a different kind of way than stocks, but in my own personal life. See,
2: it's so interesting, though, because I'm reminded, and for the life of me, I can't remember what speaker said this to the team, but when I was in Jacksonville, whatever year it was, I remember a speaker, he had like a dry erase board. This was during training camp. And he got on the board, and he drew a funnel. And he said that when you're in high school – and he pointed at the top of the funnel. This is your life right now. Right? You got your friends, you got the newspapers talking about you. You got this this bubble that you surround yourself with that's cultivating you to be a good man, to 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 get a, a col- hopefully a college scholarship and go on with your life. Well then he like he drew it where like in the middle of the funnel, well that was like your college years. Now all of a sudden, you go away from that home bubble, you're in a new environment, you have new friends, and maybe it's getting a little smaller. And then he said Here's the here's the league right here. And it was like the small little tip of the funnel. And he said, This is how you should approach it right here. Because if you don't and you keep that big funnel up with you until the pros, it's never gonna work out. Because to play the game of, you know, football at the most highest level or whatever job you want to have, you have to be laser focused, man. And I think we've seen that a little bit like you know, obviously Leonard Fournette, you know, kind of cutting some of those people out of his life. Shrinking the funnel. Exactly, you're shrinking the funnel. But here's the thing, though, Brent. When you have these high-priced quarterbacks like the Tom Brady back in the day or now Patrick Mahomes, I mean, your funnel can only get bigger, right? And you play the most important position, uh, the position that demands the most of you to win a Super Bowl more than likely. And now all of a sudden we're saying, well, you know what? Go ahead and make that funnel bigger. Go ahead and do these things over here. Go do these things over here. So... It's it's an interesting conversation because one would think, well, if you're Patrick Mahomes and you want to win, you better stay laser focused.
1: But, you know, that's not going to happen. but Yeah, I think it's a very difficult thing to do. I yeah. I, th- I love what you're saying there, too. I mean, that funnel starts big, gets small, and then starts growing back up a exactly. little bit. Exactly, right? yeah. And I think that's what LeBron James is doing a little bit. But can you handle it? LeBron looks like he can handle it, by the way. Sure. Also taking on a bunch of social issues and all these other things. Uh, and he looks like he can. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying that's I I I would keep the funnel smaller. But I'm yeah. also a big believer in the less friends, the better you ha- you are. <laughs> sure. So yeah, I mean, but that's kind of the funnel philosophy in a way. It is. It's like you spread your. If you have too many friends, I'm not saying you can't be nice to people and have acquaintances. <laughs> My point is, if you have too many friends, and we were just talking about it, right? Yeah. we were talking about weddings and uh, uh, best man speeches. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I've never had to give one because I don't have enough friends. <laughs> yeah,
2: which is great. All of a sudden, Ty's gonna want a birthday party with like ten people. No, <laughs> no. It's gonna be five kids at
1: the very most. Bring them over here. Not having ten kids in my house. I, I mean, I've never really thought about it from the funnel philosophy, but I guess yeah. I kind of believe in it in a way. Like it's As just like I. you can only do so. You can only go to so many people's weddings. Correct. <laughs> Except for coos. Uh, you can only get so, remember so many people's birthdays. You yeah. can My point being is, I'm not sure how good of a friend you can be to Everybody. this many people. You can be a great friend to a select few. But it's hard to be a great friend to everybody. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of that point. Yeah. And I think these guys get stretched out though with their dollars, with their wallets, and by the way, with their focus and attention. Yeah. And so can it take away from you being a great player? I think it, it takes something well, to be able to handle that and, and know when to shrink that bubble and, and or that funnel. And I guess most people would probably say if if we're sitting down on on the couch here and and, uh, being sports (laughs) psychologists, I think most people would probably say that that old fashioned statement, if you want to be the best, surround yourself with the best. That's when people say no. That's what we say about Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown, he didn't have those people. He had all these yes people. And then look where it went. Look where it is. Look what it resulted in. His funnel got so big and he was listening to the wrong people probably or they weren't loud enough or or didn't have his attention enough that they couldn't slow it down. And
2: I'll tell you what, Ian, you mentioned him before, but LeBron, man. LeBron James should be celebrated for what he's been able to do, right? Because through the social media era – Everything he's been able to accomplish, and yes, that funnel has got huge, but you know what? He's always been able to handle it, because sometimes when your funnel gets a little too big, you start to self-destruct a little bit, right? And you have a, 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 a bad demeanor about you, a bad behavior, and you get in trouble. LeBron James, as
1: far as we know, has never been in trouble, has never self-destructed. Organic TED Talk right there, didn't even know it <laughs> was about to happen. <laughs> right, i got to get to this, because I asked for it. Are you allowed in your neighborhood to put trash in somebody else's trash can? Mm-hmm. I would say probably not, man. Like, I, no. I, I did it yesterday. Put it in your own trash well, can. You know, like, I just had like a little piece of paper trash, and I was yeah. walking the neighborhood, and I was like, I don't want to put it in my pocket. I'm going to put it in their trash can. Yeah, but it's not your trash can. It's not your mailbox. What are you doing, man? I honestly felt like I was doing something illegal, <laughs> and people might watch and like come out. Well, and now you just snitched on yourself, too. I'm if being someone, honest. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if it's the right thing to do or not. Like I put it out there, and, and some, here's the response. If Henry there's no that. lid I do, especially dog poop. Oh, wow. We're that just, wasn't it. It was says, just a wrapper. Yeah. But they're, they're the saying Thunderdome. There's got to be rules. Our Jack society. Says, Our Jack says, yep, that's why they are there. That's wow. what I thought, too. It's trash. I'll tell you what, man. Society is keep America clean. Keep, <laughs> nicely. That's going to be a T-shirt. <laughs> we'll be back at 690.
2: Join us today during the Jeep
3: Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4 e or Summit 4 e.